And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and happy Thanksgiving to all our Canadian listeners out there. Hopefully you're full of turkey, you got some great family time. Uh, your Reds will be thankful that the nightmare that is the 2023 season ends on Saturday um, after a pair of 3-0 defeats uh, last week to Charlotte and the Red Bulls in the process securing the 2023 Wooden Spoon Trophy, which uh, is in D.C. right now and might be on its way to Toronto. Uh, on today's show, we will briefly react to Toronto's losses this week, uh, touch on the hiring of Sean Rubio as technical director and his return to the club. Uh, we might give uh, a few things that we're thankful for um, during this TFC season. I know it's uh, negative vibes right now, but we're, we've got to be thankful for something. And of course, we will get to the burning question presented by next door. Lots to dig into. No Jeffrey P. Nesker this week, but Michael Singh returns and off the bench and back on your screens. Friend of the show, Rachel Dory. Welcome back. Chilled out on the sectional, just vibes galore. <laughs> I love it. Welcome back, Rach. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I have um I haven't made an appearance in a while, and honestly. Probably for the best, given the where the the club sits right now, the standings. I might have gray hair if I was on here too often. Uh, well, don't worry. They they're the whiskers are in the beard right now, just you know, constantly talking about uh, TFC management. Michael saying, "Welcome back, West Coast chilling last Ooh. week. How was the trip? Uh, and how how was your uh, Thanksgiving long weekend? I think I want to move to the West Coast, man." <laughs> <laughs> you get don't. a taste you get a taste of the west coast life out there i'm like oh my god it was a nice escape happy to be back though happy back on the show um thanksgiving you know my highlight of my thanksgiving weekend of course aside from spending time with friends family eating a lot of turkey was saturday night so i worked mls and i was in wayne rooney's last press conference as dc oh, united yes. manager where he abruptly i mean a lot of people were expecting it but kind of abruptly announced that that would be his last game in charge of dc united and that he was going to go back to england and see what other opportunities await him it sounds like it's going to be i think birmingham city was yeah. the latest rumor that we all saw uh so just personally you know i think for you too mike as a manchester united fan he was a guy that you know he grew up I don't even know if you say grew up, but just like recently yeah. been watching for a long time. And yeah, to, to be in that press conference was just a personal cool moment for me. That's what I'll remember about this Thanksgiving weekend. Nice. Awesome. Rach, any, any special vibes during the Thanksgiving long weekend for you? Yeah, I um, moved into my new condo this weekend. Yes. So um, it's bare bones right now. We've got this is the only thing hanging in my condo. It's appropriate that it's a TFC thing um is that seba but yeah like that is oh. seba it's uh, a game worn jersey Ooh. from a, a champions league match so, so nice. i've got that yeah i've got a couple um as i order things for like my office i have a ball yep uh <laughs> yep i have that ball i have the ball from mls cup um but yeah as i order things i'm like wow i have a lot of tfc stuff that has to go somewhere and then i realize like a lot of it is from this era and i'm kind of like do i want to remember this like what do i do with this stuff uh, well yeah it's <laughs> tough <okay>. like what <laughs> like, do i do wait, wait, with what it? do we say like I, I think you keep it why not like i mean yes it's a crap okay look like this has been crap the last three years like you know as we've said on this show many times in the last couple of weeks there's not a much more to say on how bad historically bad this team has been this season but i still think you keep it because as as i found out as a fan just myself and as we're all fans in the you know 2016 2017 season getting to a final doing the whole thing like remembering those times makes that moment even better do you know what, do you know what i mean 
yeah, like I think what I'll do is like I'm obviously gonna keep the Insigne Bernadeschi Crescido stuff, but like the Jefferson Soteldo kit, I could probably do without. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I take I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll just I'll just remember a time where you know Barney Rubble played for Toronto Ooh. FC and you know you did a little and it gave us a really great gift once. Like, you know, well why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, I guess, yeah, like, I just won't hang them up the way I'll hang up some of the other ones. Like, yeah, it's true. like this one from a guy who probably should get a statue. Yeah, will most likely get a statue for just do, like, sure. the four-person statue, Greg, Michael, Josie, Seba. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there should, different topic we won't talk about in the podcast. I think there needs to be, like, a reclamation sort of podcast or show i'm not saying maybe we'll do it maybe someone else will do it where you can get josie on the show and just mend that relationship because there's no way that the relationship should end the way that it did um in, in a lot of ways but that's another topic for another day um let's just jump right into it congratulations toronto fc fans winners of the 2023 wooden spoon um a pair of just ugly three nil losses on the road one to charlotte midweek and one two Red Bulls on Saturday, and look um, again. Hard to come up with more words to say. You know how many more adjectives? How many more synonyms can you come up with? Suck. Um, <laughs> but Charlotte seemed a little hard. Like you know, like both penalties to me seemed pretty harsh in the Charlotte game, um, especially the first one. But those are the breaks, right? Like, it just feels like this season has been sort of a cavalcade of just something happens and then the the, the team just collapses. And and I was, again, this was another case of just one wrong thing happened, team collapsing. I mean, and then once it did, essentially game was over, you know, a couple minutes into it. Yeah, that's, just, that's the thing with TFC, right? Is something goes wrong, they... They're fragile. Oza called themselves fragile this week when he spoke to, to media. You know, when when you think about this version of Toronto FC, I think that's the most disappointing thing is that there's just not much fight left in this team. And it, it's hard to ask for fight because when things are going as badly as they are, both on the pitch, off the pitch, it's tough to really rally together and fight. You know, you see certain instances of maybe individuals giving a lot of effort, but there's not not much cohesion. And again, I think that just sums up TFC. And quite frankly, like I couldn't care less about the games. I couldn't have cared less about the games like the last couple of weeks with these teams. Like we are talking about the same story with this team over and over and over. And was anybody surprised really to see them lose three nil? back-to-back games to teams that are fighting and scraping for their lives in the playoffs. I mean, it's just tough for TFC to come out and match that, I guess, level of intensity. So, um, yeah, it is what it is at this point, honestly. I'm just so, so ready to move on. Yeah, and Rachel, I just wanted to get your... It's been a while since you've been on the show, but the last time you were on, we were kind of in the same predicament anyway. Um, But, like, just your thoughts on this season so far and... You know, just as somebody who's been around the club for as long as you have, you know, how can you just can you sum it up like how you're feeling right now? Because like we've talked about a lot, a lot of the listeners have talked about it, but I would love to get your thoughts on just how this nightmare of a season has gone. Yeah, it's been interesting. Obviously, this is um, this is my first season where I'm somewhat not even removed. I'm a little bit more removed than I traditionally have been just because of different connections with the team but generally speaking the feeling of apathy that surrounds this team like the three of us I think if you combine the three of us we've probably missed less than 10 matches combined over the past five or six years we've been at all of them whether we're together uh whatever the case may be this year I have not been to a match at BMO Field since may and that's i mean that's an entire season basically and how i feel about this is why am i going to put my effort in or my emotional sort of bandwidth into this team when it's clear that 
they half the guys that are on the pitch on any given night aren't even doing that. You have guys like Osorio, Michael Bradley, Richie Larea when he was here, who would quite literally bleed for the team. Like they they were the mental fortitude guys. But when you don't have enough of those guys, you have what happens this season. And specifically, I think the last couple of games where it's like that early penalty was really harsh. They get scored on. They just collapse. Like there is no fortitude there. There's no fight that used to exist. Before, TFC would go down one nothing a couple years ago. And we'd be like, yeah, whatever. They're going to they'll win 2-1. But right now, it's like they go down one nothing. I can get up and go do something else. They're not winning. And that's... For a team that spends as much as it does and prides itself on winning, that's probably been the hardest to swallow. Is like, where is the pride for the shield? Yeah, that's been that's been probably uh, a sentiment that's been bantered about on this podcast for so long. It's just there's there's not much again, just heart in that dressing room right now. Um, what I what I'm curious about, I'm curious to get both of your thoughts on this. Is John Herdman right? Hmm announced that he'd be the next head coach at Toronto FC, I believe, at the end of August, maybe early September it was. Um, so a little while ago, it is announced he would begin October 1st. Obviously, doesn't start October 1st, right? What's the point, I guess, of letting Terry Dunfield get run over by a truck, else, man. by an 18-wheeler, get run over, <laughs> While John Herman sits oh, back and, and watches from afar. And apparently he's going to coach the last game of the season. Like, what's the value in that, if there is any at all? Like, what was the point? I mean, uh, look, technically he has started. Technically he's on the training pitch every day. Technically he's around and meeting players and taking notes and things like that, but obviously that's not what fans were kind of sold on, or at least that's not what the, what we were led to believe would be happening October 1st. I think a lot of fans thought, okay, he'll be on the sidelines. It'll be a couple of games. He'll get an opportunity to get an idea of managing a club team for a couple of games. And then you go into the off season, you start making your evaluations on players. This situation is, it, re- it reminds me of a different era of Toronto FC. It really reminds me of like the 2012-13 era where like disparate pieces of the puzzle are just not connected in any way. Um, and that's what that season was, right? It was a lot of people with a lot of different ideas not connecting on any of them. And that's how this kind of feels. Now, I don't want to go down that road too far and and try to make too many connections that way. But the vibe is like, you, you got a guy who's supposed to be the boss, but is but isn't. And that must be confusing to people in the locker room and in the club. And just from a fan perspective, it's like, is he the manager? Like, what exactly is he doing all day? And we know he's doing work, like, don't get me wrong. But I would hope just, so. Yeah, it just feels like a really confusing time. I don't know about you, Rachel, but like that that's to me is just like what is happening right now. Yeah, I tr- I'm trying to take the um bird's eye view of this just based on like working for other clubs and how they operate and I've got to say it feels like the fans have asked TFC to solve for pie. Basically solve the issue, solve for pie. And instead of solving for pie, they baked an apple pie. Like, just a completely <laughs> wrong pie. You know what I mean? Like, it's just John Herdman. A couple of things. Like, I think John Herdman is kind of in the situation Greg Vanny was in when he took over all those years ago, which was this club is in need of a major culture adjustment. Significant culture adjustment. And TFC wasn't going to be successful. I remember Greg said it many times. TFC wasn't going to be successful until that culture shift had occurred. And then everything was going to be built on top of that. It feels like TFC are in the same situation now. And John Herdman has proven he built up the women's program to be successful. He's built up the men's program to be much more successful than it was in years past. And so, okay, he's got a track record. But at the same time, I have some concerns that you announce a manager. He doesn't take over until October 1st. But then you've got like... Halfway through September, John Conway 
is leaving. So, okay, where's our goalkeeper coach? You've got some coaches being announced, but when are they coming? Are they coming now? Are they coming with Herdman? There is zero clarity on who's doing what and when. So nobody knows who to ask for anything. I know a few players who had been around, have been around the club have said that it's super confusing to know kind of who's in charge of what. And I really, really don't like that they hung Terry Dunfield, who's been a really good soldier for this club, top to bottom academy all the way up, out to dry. I think he deserves better than that. I also, frankly, even though he's still on the team and is part of this, I think Michael Bradley deserves a lot better than whatever the heck is around him. Because it's really clear that he's out there fighting for the shield. And other guys simply aren't. And and it feels like a little bit directionless. Even though John's in here, he's not managing. He's Sometimes he's at training and sometimes he's not. Like I get it if you're doing evaluations, but what is the purpose of having John on the sideline for the last game of the year? What is he going to glean from that game from the sideline that A, he already hasn't by being observant, or B, that's going to be enough of a sample size for him to understand whether moves need to be made. Like, if you don't know that there's attitude problems in the locker room by now, I, I have a bridge to sell you. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> but if you think you're going to go on the sideline and all of a sudden change your opinion on guys like Insigne Bernadeschi, Marshall Ruddy, whoever else you want to change your opinion on, if you're using one game to change your opinion, then I've got some process questions as well. So I feel like I just have questions all the way around about how this was done. Um, and I'm not really happy about any of it. Yeah, like for me, like I don't think he wants to be affiliated whatsoever with this version of Toronto FC, right? He doesn't want his record reputation, yeah. reputation being Brand. tainted by, <laughs> yeah, like even the start of it, just not tainted by this version of Toronto FC. And for, for me, like, what's the point then of even getting on the touchline for the last game of the season? Yeah. It seems like, okay, maybe it's to feel out what it's like to be a club manager for one game but are you really going to get a true sense of that managing the last game of a season in a game that means nothing you've already secured last place with a team of players that likely more than half of the roster probably won't even be here next season like i I just don't see i guess the value in that whatsoever it does seem like things does it seem a little bit like superficial kind of like this is tfc's plan to like introduce john to the supporters groups and it's like anybody who is a tfc supporter doesn't need an introduction to john herdman like we all know who he is yeah (laughs) you you know what it feels like to me it almost feels like uh john is in a position where it's like you need me more than i need you you know what i mean like it feels like he's just like i'll just kind of just float and i'll do what i want because in the end of the day you need me to manage this club more than i need to manage toronto fc Right. Like and and that's probably true to a certain extent right now. Like I'm sure there's a lot of coaches that will come out and take this job and and, and want it, but clearly they had their eyes on John Herdman almost from the jump. So he's very much in a position where he gets to kind of call it almost like an Eric Ten Hog situation at Manchester United where they're like he's like, Wait, you need me. I, I actually don't need you. Uh, and that's kind of how I uh, how I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's a great point. Like Eric Ten Hag, I, I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter very similarly yelling about Manchester United, no, and I'm looking. I'm like, they just did you see the back line that they carted out over the weekend? Like, I, <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson probably doesn't win with that. So I don't think that that's the problem. And I think with John Herdman, it's it's much the same. It's like. There is such a big issue, and actually very similarly, there was such a big issue with the Man United owners, and there is such a big issue with who is operating and controlling Toronto FC, especially now that Larry Tannenbaum is sort of stepping away from MLSE. Now you have two telcos that are just like to yell and scream at each other, which is always good for ownership of anything. But you've <laughs> no got comment. like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always good. But you um you look at this and you go the disarray that's surrounded Toronto FC and just the disorganization, whether it's like Bill Manning or the Italians coming in and the entourage that was associated with that and other players, maybe like, I mean, 
that athletic article that detailed not even half of what was going on. Like some of the stuff that was left out, I was like, wow, that didn't make it in there kind of thing. I look at that and I'm like, John Herdman has to focus on cleaning up off the field in the same way Eric Ten Hag does before he can even get to what's on the field. Very true. Very true. And Toronto FC made a hire today um, that is going to be a part of trying to clean this up and try to get TFC back on track. Uh, Sean Rubio has been hired as technical director um, of Toronto FC. Uh, He's a name that uh, some of us are familiar with. He used to work for the club from 2016 to 2020. Uh, and then he left for to start up Austin and build their roster out uh, with success, right? This was a team that won the West last year. Now it's taken a bit of a step back this year. But y- you guys at Rachel, obviously, you know, uh, Sean, Mike, I think you may have had run-ins with him from a press perspective. Like, what do you think Sean brings to Toronto FC? And how important is it to get this piece in um, as soon as they have? All right, I will start, I guess. Um, I think the world of Sean. I'm actually surprised that he's moving from Austin back to Toronto as opposed to Austin to Europe. I think he's that good that maybe he can't be the technical director of like a big club there, but he certainly is on par with some teams in the Premiership or the Championship or the second Bundesliga. Like he really is a forward-thinking individual. And I remember when I was with Toronto FC, seeing him and Devin uh, Pueller work together, Who and Devin now heads up the performance lab for all of MLSE, so Leafs, Raptors, TFC. Yeah. Like That's how good Devin is at his job. Um, he actually might be the only person to get a promotion from that club. Um, I look at this and I go, he's going to be able to work in conjunction with Devin because Devin now oversees all of it. Um, and Sean is really knowledgeable on things like the roster rules, different, uh, he has different relationships, be it South America in North America, Europe for scouting. So it's not going to be as myopic. And if you remember years past TFC would like Nicholas Hassler was one of Sean's finds. And I think we can all agree. He played a pretty big part in TFC winning. And so finding guys like that and doing the due diligence in different leagues around the world, as opposed to being very myopic on certain things, I think is really positive. And that's probably the most important thing for me is in this day and age, you cannot have a technical director also be your manager. It does not work in the same way that like in baseball, your the guy making the trades can't be the guy who's managing the bench and pulling the pitcher on a game to game basis. Like that, I am literally going to get killed by Mike. Um, (laughs) The look he just gave me. Yep. So I think it's a great hire from that perspective. I think giving Bob Bradley, well, I think Bob probably would have been better set up for success if he wasn't given both roles. I think now at least they've recognized that mistake. They've got Sean, who is a forward-thinking analytical mind. I would have to think that that analytics department gets built up again because it basically has nobody in it right now, which is not ideal. Um And it'd be interesting to see how he works with John Herdman because it's very clear that this came from the top. And so they're going to have to work together whether John or Sean want to or not. They've kind of been brought in by the guy above them. Yeah, and one thing I'll add, I just want to emphasize kind of what you were touching on, Rach, is that when you look at the successful Toronto FC teams, successful Toronto FC eras, there's not many people left at Toronto FC from those eras, right? And this is circling back to what was good about that era. So, you know, as Rach touched on, Sean's going to come in. And, and I think in the press release even outlined this. Like, he's very savvy when it comes to MLS roster rules, MLS regulations, when it comes to building out a roster around the salary cap. So always having a mind like that, along with, you know, Jason Hernandez, that's that's important. And when Bob Bradley left, one of the things that we touched on and we talked about a lot was that when you when you fire your your manager and sporting director, you're almost like firing a whole philosophy. So essentially yeah. with Bob Bradley and Jack Dodd at the same time also leaving, your scouting and transfer department was almost shredded. Like there are still some people around. Um, but 
for the most part, you got to rebuild that. So this is a massive step in that direction. And from all accounts, Sean seems like he's he's a good good starting point to build out. But they still got more moves to make when it comes to, I guess, remodeling that that session. I think I think on that, like you make a good point in terms of like when you turn over your coaching staff and your sporting director. That's two staffs that now have to come in and they always bring their own people. Like you look at it, you brought up the success of years past. Only one coach remained and that was John Conway from the MLS season. He's now gone. And whether you want to argue about the goalkeeping or not in Toronto, Manuel Neuer and whomever other keeper you want to put in the TFC sticks this year would not have made a difference. Like they were that bad. So I don't think we should be laying things at the feet of a goalkeeper coach because he was the only guy left from that era the equipment managers are gone the admin staff is gone the coaches are now gone I think you look at this and you you say okay we've brought a guy back who was part of who built the original success story what do we have to do to keep people like him from leaving our club in the future? You don't want guys like Greg Vanny leaving. You don't want Tim Bezbachenko leaving. You don't want Sean Rubio leaving. That that you want to keep even, even those like infinity Corey stones, Ray, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Corey well, think, and all the guys that went to to Columbus. To right? Columbus, like right. they lost everybody. It's a nature of a MLS, right? Like a lot of staffs end up being gutted after winning MLS cups, you know, because you just clubs are going to be like, I want that success, right? Columbus clearly identified that. Now, of course, Tim Bezpachenko is a Columbus guy through and through. So that makes sense. But even, you know, Jack Dodd being the last kind of guy in the room almost um, and being like, hey, peace out. I'm heading to Portland. Right. Like that, that is, you know, it, it, it will be interesting to see how you build that culture. Because we talk about culture a lot and we're talking about the team and we're talking about the the guys in the locker room. But almost as importantly, if not more important, the culture in the office in terms of building the team that gets to the locker room has to be solid. And you know well, what's funny, Mike? Hmm. I someone just put this in the chat and I it made me laugh. Ironically, everyone from that successful era has left, except the only thing that probably held that team back, which was the medical staff. Somehow that hasn't been changed. It even though now. yeah, like I think if we're changing any department, that's probably the first one that needs to be changed because I don't know what the heck is going on there. But TFC have to have the most injuries in the league, like over the last five years. Maybe that's why it hasn't been gutted because everyone knows, okay, TFC had a bunch of great stuff, except that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that it's going to be an interesting time now with Sean. And because obviously, like you said, right, like he's not he he's been brought in by above. And Sean, as a technical director, didn't get to pick the manager, right? When I'm truth. Probably Jason Hernandez didn't have a lot to do with picking the manager, right? This was a bill decision with the board, right? Um, and look, there's nothing to suggest that John Herdman wouldn't work with Sean, like like that. But you do make a good point, right? Like this idea that there's going to be these disparate pieces coming that were hired, you know, by different people or or brought in at different situations now have to come together to rebuild this thing, and it's based on the people that are in the room, it should be successful and you should see some success from that. Just knowing the people that are in the room, but it does make me think again of, you know, Iron Venter and that whole situation back in the day. And you have a manager who has, wants to play forward pacing football and wants to play kids. And you've got Paul Mariner who wants to do it the old fashioned way and get vets in and try to do it that way. And that was a recipe for disaster at the time. Not saying that's going to happen in this case, but it's something to keep an eye on because that's Ali Curtis and Greg Vanny. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what yeah. you just described. Yeah, right. Like we've had we've had two situations like this in, in TFC past. Hopefully, it doesn't work out that way this time around. Mike, go ahead. I know, I know you're. No, just the one thing I will say. It does seem like based on the big hires here at Toronto FC, I'm talking Herdman. Obviously, Sean now and then uh, Jason Hernandez. 
it seems like all of these guys are forward thinking people yes from you know they're they're willing to innovate and it does seem like at least from a big picture perspective that they could be on the same page but then again like Greg Vanny was forward-thinking, and Alec Curtis was really forward-thinking. So uh, who knows? Who knows how this will work out? It's, just, it's interesting to see the the process in which they decide to go about these hires. You would think that a technical director would come in before a head coach, but as Mike and Rach, you guys illustrated, like we know kind of what the process was behind that. I think the process sort of, and you guys would know this too, like the process that this happened in is very indicative of how things run at the club on a day-to-day basis and have been running basically since Bez left. The bald guy at the top is at the top. Like he runs the show. It's his show. Um, And I think now he's bringing back people, uh, at least in Sean's case, even Jason Hernandez was part of those great TFC years as a player. So he knows what it's like. Um, Justin Morrow was at the club for a bit. And I mean, I think losing him is, is big. He's fantastic in the Academy. Um, I think you look at the process and it's pretty indicative of, of how that club is run. And maybe this is a sign that bill will be stepping back from the day to day sort of decision-making and is going to leave it with Sean, because I would have to think that there's got to be some level of control that enticed Sean to come back. Yeah, because like with with Ali Curtis at least, Bill, I guess step back a little bit further. Even with Ez, step back a little bit further. I think he still has a big impact when it comes to DPS, and I think he always will as the club president. He's going to get the final say on most decisions. But I think you're right. I think rebuilding this whole sporting side of Toronto FC and the amount of bodies that are now coming into the mix, the amount of people that should have important voices based on the roles, it does signify that uh, Manning will be taking a little bit of a step back. Just one last big picture question for you guys. Yeah. Bill Manning's relationship with the fan base, it is completely severed right now. Like, I don't, I'm not sure... <laughs> this might be a bold take. I'm not sure there's ever been a relationship with a club president and the, the TFC fan base that has been worse. Mike, you probably speak better to that. There's been, some, I'm sure, some pretty bad relationships, but this one seems yep. like it's, it's gone pretty sour. Now, do you think there's a way, any way, that that relationship can be salvaged? If TFC mm-hmm. go out and all of a sudden they become a winning team next season, do you think people look at Manning a little bit differently, or do you think that ship has just completely sailed? Hmm, that's a great question. It, I think that if this team starts winning, I think you can repair it to a certain extent. Um, I think a lot of this, again, kind of like how that the golden era of Toronto FC is looked at as Bez, really, right? Like it's looked at as Bez's work. Like he's the mad genius that cooked this all together and and brought it to Toronto FC and brought a cup. I think it will be looked at that way if, you know, if Sean Rubio's in charge and Jason Hernandez is the GM. They will probably be the two that's looked at from that perspective um, more than, say, Tim Laiwiki was. Because, like, at the end of the day, look, Tim Laiwiki built the road, right? Like, whether you like... He got Michael Bradley. Well, right, exactly, right? He built the road. That was him, yeah. He built the road that got you there, right? And then the, then he put the cars in the right spot to get them through to the, to the end line. He didn't see the end, but he was there. You know, he built it. I think um, Bill can repair it a bit. I think... I think the biggest thing, and this is just my opinion, I'm not saying this for all fans, obviously, because some fans, you just, you can't. But I think the accountability is going to be the biggest thing. Like, can you be accountable for the decisions that you made? You Look, everybody makes decisions based on the information they have at the time, right? The best information that they have in that moment. And a lot of them have been wrong in the last couple of years. And if he could be accountable to those things and be like, hey, look, we, we made the decision. Here's why it didn't work because of this reason. Then to me, that will build a little bit of trust back, right? Um, now, obviously, of course, winning is the balm that saw, you know that heals all wounds. But 
in the end of the day, I think that if there isn't for me that that sense of accountability from him, then I it, it becomes hard for me to be okay with the relationship in terms of him being at the top of the pyramid to see this sort of run go. I don't know how you feel, Rach, but that's kind of how well, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think um, you hit a couple of points that I'm a big, big proponent and fan of just seeing it overseas where it's obviously the vitriol over there is just totally different when it comes to clubs um if anyone thinks it's bad here wow some of the things over there is just wild behavior um i think winning heel especially in north america winning heals all wounds it just does so you put a ring on or a champions league trophy on there and People will kiss Bill's feet if a Champions League trophy comes to BMO Field. Like, that's that's a reality of the situation. But I think it starts with five words. And they have to be said to the fan base very directly with no other dressing. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Those five words are always something. Like, as a, as a supporters group, as people who are season ticket holders, renewals, things like that. This has been a mess and it's been a mess on the field. It's been a mess off the field and the fans didn't do anything. The supporters didn't do anything. It's not their fault with the exception of one supporter group who will remain out of that. Um, I think you look at this and you go accountability. Like you said, Mike is one of those things where you, if he comes out and says, I got this wrong, like I I got it wrong and we're going to try and fix it. And We'll go from there. I don't, I think Bill is safe because knowing how MLSC operates and how the corporate figureheads operate, he oversees the Argos who won the Grey Cup last year and are really good this year, apparently. I don't know, couldn't tell you. They're probably, he also has got, oh, well, there we go. Pinball Clemens as well um, is one of the most beloved Toronto sports figures there is. I think he's going to be safe because. From that perspective, yes, TFC is losing money, not successful, but what the other team portfolio that Bill oversees is. So what I could see is him stepping back from TFC, letting Sean take over, and really just kind of overseeing the two franchises. I think if the team starts to win once that happens, the relationship could be mended because trophies heal everything like if Federico Bernadeschi stays or Lorenzo Insigne happens to stay and and they win MLS Cup here they'll be forgiven for this season they'll be forgiven will they be beloved the way Michael Josie and Seba are absolutely not but they'll be forgiven and people will be like okay bygones are bygones um but from a bill perspective to repair that relationship it has to start with accountability and then it's got to then it's got to go from there to stepping back then we have some success as a club and i think from there you um you build from there but until there's accountability you've got nothing yeah to be fair there there has been a little bit um particularly when we spoke to bill manning last you know he did say i take responsibility and you know we he said all the right things like we weren't good enough we didn't do this right whatever it was um so there what has been to an extent for fans that's just not good enough like when you talk about accountability the only thing fan fans want is for you to step down from your position and that's the only way that they'll be able to move forward the thing that like the way i'm looking at this is like man like they're not winning next season they're not i don't think they're going to be close i'll be shocked if they're close to being in contention next season like how long of a leash does as manning really get here uh we know he's appointed kerman likely going to be his last appointment unless something crazy happens um we said that last time I I just don't see because of his his relationship with Larry I don't see that like I don't see him going anywhere because the the Argo I don't know if a lot of people know this but the Argos were saved by Larry Tannenbaum like the CFL basically told Tannenbaum that if he didn't buy them in 2015 that basically they were gonna fold and it was probably gonna mean that the CFL was gonna be in really really deep trouble so Larry Tannenbaum almost single-handedly 
saved the CFL. And the Argos are the team he loves. I don't know why I never asked, but he loves the Argos, like absolutely loves them. And Bill has been killing it with the Argos. So I think regardless of what TFC fans think, Larry is always going to have a soft spot for Bill Manning. And what the key differentiator here is the Argos, while they're under the MLSC umbrella, are not owned by Rogers. They are only owned by Bell and Larry Tannenbaum. So it's a little bit of a different partnership. And Ed Rogers specifically doesn't, or any of the Rogers board members don't get a say in what happens with the Argos. And I think that's why you'll see Bill stay at least with the Argos. But at that point, they're paying him for two roles. He's probably not going anywhere at TFC. Maybe he gets moved into a different spot, though, where he has less control. Like maybe he's President Emeritus or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it will be interesting to see um, as as Sean takes in and as he starts to embed himself back into the club, what does that look like? What kind of moves is he going to make with Jason Hernandez? I feel like they're already cooking up some stuff. Um, I'm sure this conversation was not a a, a recent or a, a short one. This has been in the works maybe for a bit in terms of bringing him back. Um, so a positive, I think everybody feels that that is at least a positive move right now. I'm going to skip over our, uh, what are we thankful for, for this TFC season? I think it's safe to say based on the two, knowing the two of you and myself, you're thankful that this season is over (laughs) for TFC. I think everybody's thankful for that. Um, Actually, I have one more Bill Manning thing. There's one thing he can do. Yeah. That guy. One game, one this, not not playing, like not a contract, but bring him out at like the beginning of a match and let the fans show their appreciation. I'm not saying you should sign him to a contract. Please do not do that. It's a bad idea. He's like 40 years old. Don't do that. That would be terrible. But announce as a club, you are honoring Seba and what he has done for the club and give and show the fans that you are mending the fences between Seba and Josie and TFC. Right now, Michael is fine. Mend the fences with Greg, mend them with Seba, and mend them with Josie. That I don't know if Michael's fine. Way. I don't know if Michael's fine. I, I actually don't know if he's fine because he hasn't talked to media since he sort of gave up sort of convincing. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> I am I don't going think he's fine. to um, plead the fifth on that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that should probably give you an answer. I'm going to plead yeah. the fifth. But the one with Seba, the one with Josie, and the one with Greg are very obviously oh, just a disaster. Absolutely. So you destroy those, let's call them four relationships, if you include Michael in there. Yeah, uh, it's like that's, Bill that's says, my about. only job now is repairing those relationships. I think as supporters, we can go, okay. That's the thing, right? TFC suck at giving club legends their due right they suck at at choosing the right time to send off a club legend or doing it in just any sort of proper fashion it seems like all of those relationships just end up being tainted by the end which is a terrible pattern you want to be affiliated with yeah exactly you have to go back and rebuild them and you know it's kind of reason d rose back right it's because they had to go and rebuild that relationship with him to get him back right like yeah. you know it, it's 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 a it's an interesting situation like uh annie hart and i do um the tfc legend the south end like everybody's like you got to make one for seba of course i want to make one for seba i like as soon as he retires it, we're making one for him but at the, <laughs> the same day, time that day he's getting one he, like... that day we are going to paint it that day it's already probably sketched out and ready to go it's just you got to retire. But at the same time, like also if the relationship with the club is between him and the club is crap, like we'll have to just do it ourselves. Like it, it, that's, that's kind of the, why we started TFC legends in the first place was because the club was doing anything right. Like from that perspective, look at, you want to be And Bill talks about this. You want to be a big club, right? You want to be world known and all this other nonsense. Do you think this kind of honoring for these types of players would fly at, United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Bayern, Real Madrid. Like, they give players flowers if they play two games for the club. We don't give players anything, and they've won 11 trophies. It's like, what are what is going on? What are, Maybe let's send Bill to Europe and have him learn that part of managing a club. Mm-hmm. How do we treat our players on the way out? 
How do we welcome them back? Things like that. Because I think you've got a pretty important decision here with Michael Bradley coming. And I think all three of us would agree he is the most important figure in TFC history right now. And if you mess that up, everybody involved from the janitor to the president out. You got to go. No, yeah, enough said. <laughs> I don't think anybody's disagreeing go. on that. I don't think anybody's disagreeing like that. All right, um, let's uh, let's bring the show to a close. Let's start getting ourselves ready to to head out. Mike's got to get out for dinner um, with uh, the burning question presented by Nextdoor. The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you connect with the people and local businesses in your neighborhood. Download Nextdoor to find the soccer fans in your neighborhood, like on the Toronto FC fan community. We've been posting there, interacting with people, running contests. Uh, so if you have an opportunity, please join. Uh, you can download Nextdoor uh, at the App Store or on nextdoor.ca. Uh, this week, we asked you, put you in the role of Jason Hernandez or, or Sean Rubio now that he is hired. Um, we asked three questions. Which players are you keeping for 2024? Which players are getting the can? And what is your first mandate to John Herdman as head coach of Toronto FC? Interesting answers from fire the lot and burn it all down. I We heard you. There were a lot of those. I'm not including them because we get it. It's a terrible season. You want to burn it 95% all down. 95% of responses. It's just burn it all, burn it all down. Um, but there, there were some really great answers here. Um, so I'll go through them uh, from Twitter. Zachary just saying, honestly, there's probably six or eight players I would consider keeping. Gone realistically, we have to see uh, first priority to figure out the Italian situation. So your DPs, what do you do with your DPs? Um, but in his mind, to keep Osorio. Uh, but if he wants to move on, let him go. Uh, DeAndre Kerr, uh, Coelho, Marshall Ruddy, Franklin, Johnson, Mylula, and uh, Gavin. So, you know, keep the young kids, boot everyone else, essentially, um, is, is sort of his thought in Kipo. So, um, interesting, he did not put Michael Bradley on that list. A lot of people think he's retiring. I could actually see him staying another year, but it depends on the relationship, which we have already talked about. Um, Greg Armstrong uh, just says, and not with, uh, not with the DP situation, uh, so basically DP's out, um, also based on uh, sort of the roster rules and to keep some con- uh, continuity in terms of the uh, roster. So he wants to keep Mylula, uh, Alonzo. He wants to keep Petretta, which is interesting. Highest paid left back in the league. Is he really actually worth the roster spot in the cap space? I'll let you, the community decide. Uh, Sigurd Rosted, Brandon Cervania, uh, DeAndre Kerr, and Prince Osu um, as well is who he would keep. Uh, so interesting there as well. I'm going to read the other comments really quickly, but Raul Petretta, I'd love to get your guys' perspective on that because, again, like I said, highest paid left back in the league. Mixed, in my opinion, just mixed in terms of sort of his play. Would you keep Raul Petretta as a left back? next year or would you look for another solution at that position uh mike start with you uh if he was two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars cheaper i'd love raul petretta i think he has a good head on his shoulders um i think he's a decent player is he the best left back in the league no of course not but he also it's been a it's been a weird season with him too he hasn't been able to build up any chemistry down the left wing with lorenzo insigne himself has battled injuries um but he's he's a decent player uh for that price tag though i think tfc can be a bit more efficient there rage what do you think um i think choosing him over richie larea was uh, an error um uh, but i agree with with michael i think that if you can get him if you could either buy down his contract or find some way to have him two or three hundred thousand dollars cheaper than he currently is um, I would keep him. I think he's somebody that, like you said, has a good head on his shoulders, has had success in his career, so he understands what it takes to be a professional. I think he can be somebody where, I mean, Oso's live by the crest, die by the crest. I think he's somebody Oso and Michael, if he stays, can bring in to that sort of leadership core and say, 
this is the culture we are building. Get on board or GTFO kind of thing. I think Petretta has the, that type of personality. I don't love his contract, though. So if you can figure out the contract side of it, I would keep him. Fair enough. Okay. I'm I'm the boot. There's a there are a lot of guys in MLS that can fill that role and do it admirably. <laughs> you don't need a superstar at left back. You need a solid left back that does a job. Justin Morris style. So uh oh, that's third that's of my great. thought. That's my thought. Uh last comment here I'll read out here is from Graham Barwell. Just he's on the scorch scorched earth policy, right? He's like, no one is safe. Everybody gets the boot. No emotional legacy guys either. That's uh, Michael Bradley, uh, Jonathan Osorio, uh, TD. I assume he means Terry Dunfield, so he wants Dunfield's back next year, guys. He will be on the coaching staff, um, the lot. Uh, I really hope we have invested in scouting uh, because we're really going to need it. And look, I think they are investing in scouting now, right? Like now that you have Sean here. um, How do you not? (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to build that out, right? Because that's definitely going to be part of his uh, overall portfolio here at Toronto FC. Season end Saturday, guys. It's over. God, a couple of Saturdays. It's over on Saturday. International God. Sorry. (laughs) International break. So we got. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. Next. My apologies. That's right. Um, Decision day. It is decision day. I will be in the U.S. this weekend for said international break because a certain team is uh, coming to this side of the pond. Nice, nice. Uh, That's a good one. Um, Are you work? Are you? Do you have to, Mike? Do you have to work the the international break? Are you doing anything for like Canada soccer or anything? MLS. So there's still some MLS games going on. Just some storylines as you head into decision day, right? That's. there's still teams that are competing and contending. So that aren't named Plus. Toronto FC. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, mercifully, this ends uh, in a couple of weeks against Orlando at home. The vibe will be interesting that day. It's going to be a very interesting. Should we go and vibe. just hug each other for surviving? <laughs> I think everybody's going to need a hug. You know I, what? I think that, that's the fan appreciation day. Fan I have a new idea. Day? Yeah. A new idea. Bill Manning wants to endear himself to fans. Every single fan who walks in that building for Fan Appreciation Day gets a free beer. Every single one of them. Go Light Wiki style. That was Light yeah. Wiki. Went around with, Every with beers. Every single one of them. That one, t- honestly, Tim Light Wiki giving away beers in like the end of 2014, it like literally, that is the thing that endeared him to so many people. Not signing Defoe, not getting Bradley, not the redesign the of the beer. stadium. <laughs> It was the free beer. It 100%. Well, it's 22 bucks a beer. You say, I'll give every single ticket a free beer. I, I'm there. Catch me. Well, uh, free beers and and maybe hugs. Maybe we all need to hug Michael Bradley. It's been a long year for him. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's wrap it up. Thank you uh, for tuning into another Toronto Till I Die episode. We really do appreciate The community is growing, is getting bigger. Tell your friends. Leave us a review or a thumbs up on the show. If you're watching us live on YouTube right now, you guys are champions. You're doing this on a holiday Monday. You're sickos, but we love you. Um, give us a thumbs up and uh, subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about it as well. If you're listening to us on the podcast version, uh, thank you uh, for downloading us. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, hit us with those five stars. That would be amazing. Uh, for Michael Singh and for Rachel Dory, I'm Mike Newell. We'll see you all next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die.